Money FM 89.3, best of prime time. In the spotlight on Money FM 89.3. This is Prime Time on Money FM 89.3. I'm Rachel Kelly with Timothy Go. Now, there was much hype in the lead up to the International Climate Conference COP26, but the dust has now settled. And the question is, was it a good COP or a bad COP? <laughs> well, That's what right. will the goals, <laughs> uh, goals reach mean for the energy landscape and for the bigger picture for all of us? That's right. And to find out, we're joined by Stephen Stupchinsky, energy reporter at Bloomberg. Stephen, welcome back. Hi, thanks for having me. It's good to have you back with us, Stephen. I mean, a lot to digest over the past two weeks. We've had some ups and downs at COP26. But taking a look at the scorecard wins, we've seen an agreement that says emissions will have to call 45% by 2030. China and the U.S. struck a rare climate deal. We've even got a breakthrough agreement on fossil fuels. But what are your thoughts on the outcome of COP26? But Good COP, bad COP? <laughs> I, I think it's, it's it's hard to say whether it's a good cop or a bad cop, but I think when you do look at the positives, there are definitely positives. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they've they've ended inefficient fossil fuel subsidies, and they're boosting their co- climate targets sooner. You know, th- this Glasgow Climate Pact puts the world fairly on a path to limit the rise of global temperatures to 1.5 degrees Celsius from pre-industrial times. That's the stretch goal from the Paris Agreement from 2016, and the level scientists say is needed to avoid catastrophic warming. Um, You know, I think John Kerry, uh, the U.S. climate envoy, put it best. He said, you know, this is the beginning of a 10-year sprint, but at the same time, we are closer than we've ever been to avoiding climate Mm -hmm. chaos. So there is a positive tone coming out of it. And, you know, even the COP observers, those who watched the COP, uh, they they weren't expecting uh, such a good outcome. So especially with the coal commitments in particular, uh, uh, kind of holding up as as an important breakthrough. And we did see the language soften towards that coal discussion as well, didn't we? Exactly. Um, You know, initially uh, there was a language to say to phase out coal, but because of pressure from India and China, uh, there was a last minute change where the wording uh, was was agreed to to say phase down. Now, what happens is that puts a lot of pressure on the biggest polluters, that's China, that's still China, US and India, to follow through with those promises, you know, to, to reduce their emissions over the next decade. Reaching carbon neutrality will require trillions of dollars in investment in clean energy and stronger restrictions on coal, um, including, you know, as well as combustion engines of vehicles. You know, we're going to have to change the way that we drive. Uh, So cutting out coal is important, but that watering down of the language was a bit of a a letdown to some of the, the, the environmentalists that have been watching it. Stephen, what kind of impact do you think we could see, though, from the measures announced uh, on a glo- on the global energy uh, uh, prices in the long term? You know, I think instead of just looking at high prices, low prices, I think you should really look at these uh, COP26 um, targets as sort of we're going to go into a phase of volatility. Because mm-hmm. no matter what way you cut it, 
you're going to be seeing swings between gluts of supply and deficits because the world is going to have a difficult time predicting mm. how we how we how we track the changes in demand and if we should invest in new supply. So before, maybe it was theoretic, theoretically easier to predict demand. It's just going up. You're using more oil. You're using more coal. Now it's much more nuanced in which who's going to be using more and who's going to be using less. And also that mismatch means Maybe Shell is going to say we don't want to invest in, a, in an offshore oil field, or or maybe Total will say we don't want to invest in this you know gas plant because of the future uh, where where maybe they won't be using that much gas or oil. And if countries aren't able to cut as much as they're pr- uh, promising, you're going to get into a deficit, which is kind of like what we're seeing right now. There was a lack of investment in, in the last few years, and that's resulted in not enough energy or fuel to meet mm-hmm. the jump in in the post pandemic demand. So how then do we couple together this energy transition story that we've been starting to see from some of these oil and gas majors with demand? Well, I, I mean, I think what you're going to be seeing is, and you're already seeing it, is that they're, they're moving away from investing in fossil fuels. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're already seeing the shells and, and yep. those other giant energy companies kind of shifting. And, and that's going to be continuing, I think, over, over the short term, um, even if giant, you know, higher oil prices should usually bring more investment. That might not be the case anymore. Stephen, let's uh, have a look at the carbon market. Negotiators uh, from 200 governments almost have reached a final deal on the rules governing international trade of emissions reduction after six years of haggling uh, from the Paris uh, Agreement rulebook. So what uh, are your thoughts on this new announcement? So this is really important, actually, Mm -hmm. and it's a bit of a nuanced, complicated topic. But basically, there's no uh, global oversight or common standards for how you kind of uh, track low quality offsets for emissions. You know, a lot of when you when you buy an airplane ticket, you can click that box, right? That says, oh, offset my emissions. Well, there's no regulatory body internationally that looks at that. If a polluter buys a credit derived from an ineffective project, the world ends up with essentially more carbon in the atmosphere. So basically what this new agreement out of Glasgow puts it, they, they've ratified a way where they organize trade in carbon offsets that would allow countries to share the burden of lowering emissions. If one country has exceeded its emissions goal, it can sell the excess to another. Um, and, and that issue is something that will uh, help the market avoid counting credits twice and will also create more transparency. And it could potentially create more higher quality offsets um, as, as the world kind of works together to create this system. So there's a lot to be done, but that's a pretty positive sign for, for the carbons market, which, which is something that Singapore is, of course, looking at quite closely as well. Okay. So, Stephen, you know, as Tim mentioned, there was a lot of hype in the weeks up to COP26. News coverage across the board on a daily basis. Now the dust has settled. What are you going to be looking out for post COP26? Now the real work really begins. I mean, that's it, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's will the countries actually implement these changes, especially in China and the U.S.? Will the governments follow through with their strict promises? China mm-hmm. uh, produced the most coal they've ever produced ever in October mm-hmm. uh, because of that enormous post-COVID economic, you know, economic rebound. They're the world's you know, factory. And there was an anticipation that they were going to have to boost consumption, but they're going to have to lower that significantly over the next several years. And as John Kerry said, we're in a sprint. We're in this final leg. And if countries aren't able to do that within the next 
you know, eight to 10 years, uh, the world is going to be in a much tougher spot. And that 1.5 Celsius target is, is going to be unattainable. Well, we will see what happens then, Stephen. Thank you very much for joining us uh, this hour. Stephen Stepchinski is the energy reporter at Bloomberg. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.